This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Brian Panso. Brian is the author of Who Are You and Why? The Evolution of You. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Kind of where did you get started? How did you pivot to where you are now? And how did you come about writing the book? Uh, Well, I was born and raised in Ohio in an area that... uh, there was some opportunity, but not a lot, but got involved with the wrong people. And um, I had to pack my bags and leave. I moved 1,250 miles away to Houston, Texas. Um, I got into personal development and started expanding my mind, hanging around a different caliber of people that actually expanded my mind and started giving me a different way to look at things and start checking the egos and the attitudes at the door, which sent me down a different path and it's been personal development ever since. And then how did you kind of come about writing the book? What inspired it and uh, kind of how long it takes or took and uh, the target audience of that book who are look, you're looking to kind of impact and reach with that? Um, I got into uh, situations where I started building my first company. I've got uh, multiple companies at this time and people start coming to ask me questions like, man, how, what are you doing? How are you getting where the progress that you're getting. I said, well, I do a lot of personal development and they start asking me for references. So I would give them different books that I have read and different CDs, maybe some courses. And I was doing a lecture, it was about two years ago and I came off stage, my my section was about 45 minutes. And I had a guy walk up to me, I'd never met him before in my life. He says, do you have a book? And I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, well, you need one. He said, I've been going to lectures and seminars for the last 20 to 25 years of my corporate uh, corporate journey. And I got more out of you in the last 45 minutes than I did out of them in the last 20 years. He said, because you're telling people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, and just trying to make them feel all warm and fuzzy. So I said, well, I guess I need to write a book. And uh, four and a half months later, it got published. So I just got on it and started wanting to share the knowledge that I had because I know there's a lot of people that are out there looking. There are, quote unquote, not any shortcuts. But I am a firm believer in learning from those that have already done what I've been trying to do. It's kind of a, it is kind of a shortcut, but you still have to do your own due diligence and create your own toolbox. But you'll become more and more aware of tools that are available by reading books or doing lectures or buying audible books and that kind of thing. It kind of shortens the journey and streamlines it a little bit, takes the bumps out, you might say. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important, like you just actually mentioned, the people that actually went through something. So I think it's important in terms of if you're looking to get into something, really figure out if that person has really done it and has reached the level of success that you're trying to reach. Or is there kind of that kind of generalist, I think, syndrome going around where somebody uh, read something or uh, does a course and then kind of regurgitates it as their own, rebrands it, and then automatically calls himself kind of an expert. So I think it's important when you're looking to do something to really find the experts in those fields. And I think 
that's the best way to learn from somebody that's actually been in those shoes and walked that walk. Yep. Well, I was, um, and it wasn't an easy Jersey. I mean, I lost everything multiple times. Uh, I was homeless for a while, lived in my concrete warehouse, made a few bad mistakes. I delivered a bunch of product and didn't get paid for it. So there's always going to be twists and turns that we cannot anticipate, but it's how you deal with those as you, as you travel this lovely journey we call life. And a lot of times I have found that people will hang around with people with relatively close incomes. The general rule is you take your top five friends, you add your income together, you divide by five, and that's going to be your income, which is okay, but it's a limiting factor. If you've got a $50,000 mindset, you're not going to make a quarter of a million dollars because you're hanging around with forty-five dollars to $50,000 a year mindset. So what I tell people is join some networking groups where you can, you know, start dealing with people that make that $200,000, $250,000 a year because it's a different mentality of thinking and they're going to kind of pull you up the hill a little bit. They're not going to carry you up the hill. Nobody's coming to save you or take you to the top of the mountain. You have to do it on your own. But there's a lot of people out there that can definitely give you very valuable information that they learned from the school of hard knocks. And you'll find that a lot of successful people are willing to help other people become successful if they're willing to meet them halfway. I firmly. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's uh, kind of important in that sense where you surround yourself with like-minded people. They don't even necessarily have to give you advice or tips. You just feed off that kind of energy and in terms of that drive and and will because if you surround yourself with people that are constantly negative, aren't looking to really advance themselves either personally, professionally, or as a human being, it will eventually kind of drag you down and, and keep you stagnant. Oh, exactly. And I, I have a mastermind group that I have that has some very well-to-do people. Um, there are people that make less a year than I do, and there's people that make a whole lot more than I do a year. And it's kind of interesting to have someone call me um, that is farther up the, the ladder, as you might say, and they'll say, hey, man, I'm stuck. I say, okay. Uh, and I don't really know anything about the quote unquote business that they're doing, but that's not the point. The point is reflecting and having someone back up and get out of that tunnel vision. Because sometimes you try to solve a problem so much that you've got blinders on and, and you can't see the forest for the trees. And he called me and we had about a 30 minute conversation. He said, boom. He said, right there it is. He said, I got to go. He said, you just sent me down a rabbit hole. He said, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And that was it. And I don't really, I don't know anything about the quote unquote business that he's doing, but business in general is usually relatively the same. It really is. Yeah. And I think it's important sometimes to get that uh, outside perspective that's unbiased because you may think you're going the right way or what you're doing in terms of direction is the best thing for you. But if somebody, like you said, doesn't necessarily even understand your business, but may identify something where it's a flaw or something you can avoid or pivot from. I think that that information and insight is is valuable. Oh, most definitely. And that's the, that's the great thing about masterminding. And they don't have to be a specialist in your industry. I mean, there are guys that could have a plumbing company and one guy's got a swimming pool company or the other one is a certified welder that's got, you know, 8, 10, 12 welders for them. So it's not necessarily industry specific. You want, like you said, that unbiased mindset and thought process 
that those people can bring additional information or data to the to the table that may send you down a completely different direction that you didn't even see coming. That's the beauty of communicating with the higher end people that can actually stretch your mind and blow the dust off of it, as I say, and, and get you looking at things a little bit different. Yep, I agree. So what currently kind of motivates you to succeed? Obviously, at certain points of your life, those motivations may have been different. But currently in 2020, what's that motivation? Um, You're right. It used to be money. uh, But my life now is not about money. My motivation now is impact. There are a tremendous amount of people out there that are looking for data, looking for a better way of life. And a book my book is like 17 bucks. And I pursue improvement every day. I still do personal development every day. I read every day. So my, my goal is to, the more I can improve myself, the, that means the more I can help people improve themselves that are truly looking. So that's what keeps me going. I've done the traveling and I have boats and a nice house and all of that good stuff. So now for me, my motivation is significance. It's actually changing people's lives. That's what it's all about. Giving back. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, likewise, I think about 10 years ago in my 20s, that motivation was kind of chasing titles and money and before kind of founding a company, that kind of thing. And then it switched over to more of a legacy and giving back and helping as many people as possible. And then really taking myself out of a kind of corporate mindset to, uh, like you said, an everyday improvement where it's, I think, uh, being stagnant is the death of innovation. So if you're not constantly learning and redefining yourself, at least trying to do one thing, either personally or professionally, to be a better person tomorrow than you were today, then, I mean, for me, then that kind of journey becomes uninteresting in my my personal sense. Exactly. I heard it. I either heard it or read it somewhere. It said, you know, on your headstone, you'll have a born date and everybody's going to have a die date. And neither one of those make any difference. It's the dash. What did you do while you were here? And if you really think about it, I mean, if you've got the luxury of a roof over your head and plenty of food and clean water, you can't outgive what you get. And I am a firm believer. I always go to give, not to get. And it has opened up so many doors for me and that come in from areas that I had no idea, had no anticipation. And next thing you know, a, a land deal will come by or a piece of property will come by. It comes by at the right time because when you put out good, you're going to get good back. You put out evil, malicious stuff, guess what's coming back? You're, you're going to pay for it one way or another. You're going to get out. What you put out is what you get in. And that's why I try to do the best I can every day to help as many people as I can and help them progress as well. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I was born in Ukraine when it was still under the Soviet Union and immigrated to the U.S. in 1990 when I was five. So knowing and seeing what life was like there and what my parents and grandparents had to go through to you know, bring us here, I think me personally... I owe it to them to give my best because, you know, they've done so much in terms of uh, generations before me. And it wouldn't be fair to take opportunities in terms of everything given to us in the U.S., even though obviously it's a, you know, kind of global uncertain times in terms of the economy and with the pandemic and stuff. There's still a lot of opportunities out there and making the best out of the existing situation. 
Exactly. And now at your age now, I'm sure you can understand the sacrifices that they had to make and the hard work and their persistence to be able to get out of that situation and come to the United States. I mean, that that took an awful powerful individual in a very strong mindset and and be focused on what they wanted to do. It had to be real to them. And they and they came to fruition because they stayed focused on it. The most definitely. I take my hat off of them. You know, as people staying focused and on the right path or a chosen path is very difficult for people to do. And they pulled it off. Congratulations. No doubt. I agree. And it's one of those things where it's like a, every day is a, a new battle, if you will. So even now, so people often struggle with motivations, being motivated and kind of focusing on your goals. And they see things on social media and other people where it's constantly bombarding with inspirational quotes and motivation, but no one's motivated 100% of the time. And we all need something to kind of recalibrate and refocus as well. Exactly. I was actually talking to somebody the other day and uh, they said, man, you know, I want you to motivate me. I said, I, I can do that, but that's today. Who's going to do it tomorrow? You've got to find something that you're truly passionate about. You've got to have a goal. And it truly has to be upsetting for you to not be there. That's where the motivation comes in. Nobody has to call me in the morning and tell me that it's time to go to my concrete plant. Nobody calls me and you know says, hey, you know, we need to call on some customers today. No, it has to come within. And when people find that that is a struggle, that, oh, I just, I just can't get motivated. I can't get focused. It's because they have not found a destination yet. They have got to find that or they'll never pursue anything. It's like kind of sending a ship out in the ocean without a rudder. It's just going to drift over here. It's going to drift. More than likely, it's going to end up stuck up on some rocks or a sandbar because there's no sense of direction. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? I would have to say that everybody else was wrong. I was right. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. But then I realized that if I took that attitude and shifted it to a good attitude from a bad attitude, that was a magical turning point for me. You know, when you get out of bed in the morning, you can decide, are you going to have a good day or are you going to have a bad day? And truthfully, it's solely up to you on which one of those two that you're going to you're going to have that day. So I would have to say I took a really bad attitude, turned it into a great attitude, and do I have bad days? Most definitely. You know, we're we're all going to have those. Those never go away, but it's how you deal with them. You take them one punch at a time. You correct the situation, try to put in some measures um, or some policies for yourself that will give you a little bit of a heads up if that same scenario is starting to form again. It's kind of a precursor. It's like, oh, I remember this. I don't want to go down that road. And then you kind of, you can look for it and, and put out the fire before it gets to a blaze. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's important. And like you said, you wake up, you, you choose to take the direction you take. I mean, it, it's more as much energy in terms of being down all day as being happy all day. And sometimes you just have to get in the right mindset or have the right kind of morning habits or habits in general to put yourself in that place. Because like you said, in life, everybody's got to go through something. I know 
in 2019, I, you know, lost my grandfather, had a bunch of other losses and, you know, personal family things. And it just keeps compounding. One thing happens after the other. And you have to really figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to deal with it, because it can really take you out of kind of your path and how you uh, interact with different people in terms of your family and friends and in terms of the goals you have set professionally as well. Exactly. And what you have to always remember is don't ever do a wrong target thing. You know, don't be upset because, you know, someone didn't pay you and snap at your friend or snap at your girlfriend because it's not that it's the wrong target. Your girlfriend or wife or kids, they didn't cause the problem. So don't take that problem and kind of spread it throughout your your family or friends or at work because there's nothing that they can do, you know, to fix that. And they're not the ones that are at fault. And the other thing I tell people, too, is to be thankful. When you get up in the morning, be thankful that you have a job to go to. Think of all the people that are sitting at home that can't pay their bills. They can't buy food. They can't put on, they can't keep their electricity on. But you're upset because you have to get up and go to work. Well, think of it this way. You get up and go to work. You can go get your car and drive to work. Do you know how many people that can have to get up and get on the bus and ride a bus for an hour and 45 minutes to get to work, or they have to ride a bicycle. So always look at where you're at. There's nothing wrong with saying, I want better, and I want to pursue better. I want to make more money. I want to maybe have a nicer car or give more to my church or to a charity. But be appreciative of what you've got. And that will also help you down that journey to get to those other things that you're looking for. Don't look at the bad, because if you keep looking at the bad, there it goes again, what you put out, you get in. So don't look at the bad. Drive nice as far as you want? Maybe, maybe not. But you've got a car. You've got a roof over your head. You can keep gas in it. So look at those things, because you're going to have a much better day and a much better life looking and be thankful for the things that you've received than all of the things that you haven't got. That's a big deal in today's world. Yeah, I agree. I think it's all about uh, gratitude and perspective. So, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? I'm going to go with personal, which will lead them to professional. Always make sure that your integrity is in check. Stay focused, but always go back to integrity. Say what you're going to do and do what you say. Because if you're telling somebody that, you, oh, I'm going to be there at 7 o'clock and you don't get there till 7.30 with no phone call, you know, that's probably going to happen every now and then, flat tire, train, whatever. But if that becomes habitual, guess what? Their, their value of trust in you just went out the door. And I will tell you, if people cannot trust you, they will not do business with you. And my final chapter, number nine, is communication, because that's another thing you really have to work on is your communication, and and that filters into integrity. And the, the, uh, the final chapter is 10, and it leaves off with integrity. You have to make sure that your word is not broken, even if it costs you money, even if it doesn't mean the ideal situation for you, your word can never have a dollar amount on it. You've always got to maintain that to the nth degree, because if you have a good integrity and good communication, 
You can climb any ladder or any mountain that you want to climb if you keep those two in check. But that would be, uh, but that's personal. So that personal by checking all of those values will get you into that professional side because that's why people do business with me. They call me, ask me if I can do something. I tell them yes, or I tell them no. So that's, that is one of the big, big things of today is, is integrity and keeping your word. Very valuable. Yep. And I think it's, it's, it's harder to build up and really easy to lose, especially with all the technological advancements and social media where everyone can see everything in terms of your behavior. So one wrong tweet, one wrong thing, something out of character can destroy a brand or who you are. And it takes a really long time to really build that back up and demonstrate that you're not that person that made that comment statement, or like you said, kind of maybe faltered and and took money for something or for, for a questionable business deal or things of that nature. Oh yeah. I mean, everybody, we're in a microwave society. You know, you take a, people take a picture of what they're eating and it goes around the globe in like, you know, 60 seconds. So good communication travels good, bad communication and bad stuff travels 10 times faster than good communication. No I, doubt about it. I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you more information about you if they're looking for that and how they can find or purchase the book? Yes, sir. They can go to who are you and um, There's some excerpts on there of each chapter so they can kind of get an idea of what they're beginning themselves into. And there's a there's a buy now book at the uh, uh, buy now button at the bottom of the link. Or they can simply go to Amazon Books and search Brian Penso, B-R-I-A-N, P as in Paul, E-N-S-O. And my book will be the first one that pulls up, which is Who Are You and Why? The Evolution of You. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Man, I appreciate you having me. You have a wonderful day, sir. You too. Thank you. Thank you again. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.